Um, it's good to see a few new faces here too. Welcome to the City Church here. Um, I've had quite an interesting week actually. Uh, <clears throat> quite extraordinary in some senses. Um, on on Wednesday, I started getting a bit sick, so I took the day off. Nothing new. Uh, Thursday morning, as I was trying to get as much sleep as possible to recover, uh, I got woken up by my mom, and I was like, oh, why, why is she waking me up so early? And then uh, she's like, come down, quick. <clears throat> I went downstairs, and lo and behold, the house was flooded. And I was like, what in the world? In the middle of winter, the house is flooded. So um, literally, the, the water was to our ankles. Uh, and uh, what had happened was the fridge had um, leaked because uh, the pipe in there burst. And yeah, the whole day was literally spent in the cold water trying to scoop it out. And, but praise God. Uh, we got the house quite dry by the end of the day, and praise God that we actually had tiles, so it made things really, really uh, not that complicated. But today, um, <laughs> we'll be talking about good news over fake news. And before I get going, let's just bow our heads as we pray. <clears throat> Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day of rest that you've blessed us with, Lord. Thank you so much for this whole week, and uh, despite uh, whatever dramas we may come across, but uh, thank you that you've been in each one of our lives in unique ways, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be able to hear your word today uh, and help it to not be me speaking, but uh, let it be your Holy Spirit speaking through me, Lord, to your people. Pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, um, about late last year, early this year, I became uh, more aware of fake news. Some of the big stories that were in the media helped me to, to become aware that fake news is quite rampant and it's quite deliberate. Um, certain people were demonized and their characters were tainted because of that. And the notion that um, you're innocent until proven guilty was thrown out the window. And instead, um, the media cast the judgment that some people were guilty until they were actually proven innocent. And it's shocking and even infuriating that uh, once the whole truth comes out, when the truth actually comes out, uh, in, in broad daylight, um, instead of backtracking and showing remorse about the false reporting that they do, they actually moved on to another story as if it never happened. But fake news isn't quite a new phenomenon. And you might say to me, thanks, Captain Obvious. Um, we, we knew this all along, but for me, I'm sorry, it's uh, quite a new thing to me. I've only been able to look more into it just recently. And um, talking about fake news, 
let's bring it back about 39 years ago and closer home to Australia. 39 years ago, uh, 1980, August, the Chamberlain family were having a camp um, in <coughs> the Ayers Rock campsite when their baby, Azaria, was taken by a dingo. Of course, it devastated the family, especially um, Lindy, who happens to be the mother of Azaria. And as they were going through the grieving process, they had to deal with even um, <clears throat> even um, more things that were coming from the external. They had to deal with um, the media. They had to deal with the law enforcement, which were trying to do their best to go against their story, which was plain and simple, that the dingo took the baby. The initial investigation quickly cleared the Chamberlain family from any involvement in the death but, uh, and that the dingo took the baby <coughs> as um, they had testified. But then people started to come out of the woodworks to tell absolute lies. There, sen sensational, there were sensational and untrue stories that were making headlines at the time. And of course, through these stories, the media made heaps of money. Some of those ridiculous stories um, included the fact that Lindy didn't show much emotion as a mother because according to the media, she should have shown more emotion uh, because her baby had died. But uh, the fact that uh, her response wasn't the response that she should naturally have uh, casted doubt on her story. And um, there were ridic ridiculous claims that the name Azaria, which was Hebrew, by the way, meant that it was sacrificed in the wilderness. So with this rumor that the name Azaria meant sacrifice in the wilderness um, linked the church that they were associated to to be a church that believed in rituals of sacrifice. And um, the news further went on to say that Azaria was often dressed in black. And um, this came from um, apparently uh, one of the doctors of the Chamberlain saying that every time uh, they brought the baby in to see the doctor, the baby was dressed in black. When in fact, the baby was dressed in black because it's the handed down, um, it's the handed down piece of clothing that they had from um, Azaria's older brother. And um, to, to make it even more sensational, they said uh, during the investigation, when they found the big old Bible in the family house, that the Bible had markings um, under the story which, which mentioned that there was a woman in the Bible that uh, drove a peg through the head of a man. And, um, of course, these headlines started to be um, spread around. And, as you can see, 
the public really lapped it up. Um, and they really bought into the stories of the media. And one, one sign in particular, it says, free her? No. Hang her. So that's the sort of sentiment that was thrown around uh, in the media and, unfortunately, in the general public as well. <clears throat> so after the first, um, first trial um, went to the way of the Chamberlains, um, there was a, a second trial that happened because uh, some people in the um, Northern Territory authorities and also the media found that um, they had to take it upon themselves to make sure that Lindy and Michael were convicted. As I said before, innocent until proven guilty was thrown at the window. And instead, uh, they were cast, um, they were given that sentence by the media that they were guilty straight away. And um, the important thing, uh, one important uh, piece of evidence that was um, that they didn't find at the time uh, was a piece of clothing of Azaria. Lindy maintained that there was this piece of clothing which, uh, which during the time of the disappearance, um, Azaria was wearing. So um, at that time, after the second trial, Lindy was sentenced to three years in prison and Michael, six months. And um, during that time, Lindy had to give birth to, um, she was preg heavily pregnant and gave birth to her daughter inside prison. And straight away, the government took the baby and um, gave, it, gave the baby to a different family. And she had to go through all this emotional trauma of already being framed, but not only that, uh, being separated from her baby. Um, as soon as it was born. So, um, finally, after six years of this case, they found that jacket that Lindy was very adamant that Azaria was wearing. They accidentally found it as the authorities were looking for <coughs> for a body that had fallen from A.S. Rock as um, the climber had fallen to death. So, um, as they were searching, they found this piece of clothing, baby clothing, and it's exactly as Lindy had described it. And straight away, there was um, another investigation, the third time. And uh, in this trial, they were quickly acquitted, and they were um, given freedom from jail at the time. But the conclusion also uh, didn't conclude that baby Azaria was taken by the dingo. It was left as um, baby Azaria's death was left as unknown. It wasn't until 2012 when um, a royal commission was, um, was put together to investigate it one last time. And finally, um, investigations show that uh, the Lin Lindy Chamberlain's um, testimony was 100% correct and that um, her story from the beginning was 100% correct. So looking from this, uh, we can see that the media can make such a big difference to 
um, even a case of an innocent person. But um, fake news and lies didn't just start in the 1980s. Fake news and lies started from the beginning of time. According to Jesus, <clears throat> in Matthew 8, verse 44, Jesus called Satan the father of lies and a murderer from the beginning. So let's go back and see what Satan said that made him the father of lies. If we, uh, if we go back to Genesis 3, verses 4 and 5, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When we look at this, it's just a couple of short statements here by the serpent, but these short statements are packed with fake news. The serpent was essentially telling Eve that, one, God doesn't want the best for us. That he's trying to keep the good stuff from us. He's trying to say that God has commanded um, Eve at that time not to touch up that fruit because he was trying to withhold something good from us. And at the same time, he's also saying that we don't need to listen to God. That we know better than God and that we can be like God on our own. Unfortunately, that lie and that attitude has, has been bought by people of all ages. And the lie continues to this very day. To this very day, <clears throat> you can see that... Um, in society, in the media, um, they either totally um, block God out of the picture or they have this thing where they smear God and Christians as people who are ignorant and um, people who have made that choice without much research. Um, we can see that in the entertainment industry, uh, it's still predominantly portraying Christians as a small group of weirdos and many times party poopers. The scientific community acting as though Christians are not very knowledgeable. Popular personalities on social media consistently labeling Christians as a stereotype and just putting them in a very small box. They say that Christians are nasty bigoted, and mean-spirited. But let's pause and reflect. This is a reflection for myself that if I claim to be a Christian and fit those stereotypes that the society and the media portray, then um, I need some serious repenting on my own, for sure. Because, the f because um, those characters that are that are mentioned by the media shouldn't, should have nothing to do with Christians in reality. But the fact is, when someone is truly a follower of Christ, they possess the character that, um, that is more like Christ through the transformation that happens in their lives. 
and those characteristics that are mentioned um, by the media sh- should not be any part of their lives at all. So, the question is, how should we count- counter the fake news? <clears throat> how should we counter the fake news about us? Because they can be very frustrating, because um, as we look at these false accusations against Christians, um, we can see that many of the things that are fabricated and many of the things that are said are not true. Outright, uh, they're outright uh, lies to begin with. So how do we counter these things? So I'd like to submit to you that we counter them with the truth. Because as the Bible says, the truth is what's going to set everyone free. In my life, I've seen the truth transform me. I've seen the truth as I humble myself, as I as I um, dispel that lie in my own life that I know better than God, as I dispel that lie that um, I can do things on my own, as I humble myself, I realize that I'm in need of God. And as I approach God in humility and ask for his wisdom, I realize that he makes those changes in my life in things that um, I... I thought that I couldn't overcome the addictions that I had and the mentality and the pride that I had in my own life. Those things started to slowly fade away as I came closer to God. And it's not only in my life, but as I look at people around me in my own life, I see the transformation power of the gospel in their lives as well. And uh, something I really love is listening to testimonies of people and transformed lives. And, um, and you see people who had so much hate, hate for Christians, hate for others in their lives, but as they come closer to the truth, as they open themselves up, uh, they learn to love and they learn to be more tolerant. And not only that, they learn that Christ can save them as well. And you learn people who have gone through addictions, who thought that they were uh, born with those characteristics that can't be changed, they were able to find victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. And also, those people who, are in, who seem to be so imprisoned um, by the regime, by the indoctrination of the government, find so much freedom from the word of God. So last week, Jinha preached about being salt to the earth. And she taught uh, last week that uh, Jesus mentioned that we are to be flavor to the society that we live in. And we are to be salt um, in this bland world that we live in. Because um, sometimes uh, the same lies are uh, repeated and regurgitated in society. So us as Christians, we're supposed to be salt and be something new, something different to people to be able to see. 
And we need to be making the sort of impact that Jesus had when he was here on earth. And um, Jinha mentioned in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, that we are to be the salt of the earth. And if we go a few verses down, a few verses down in verse 16, it says that, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, us as Christians, we have this duty to be able to be that light in this world that we live in, in the darkness. Because uh, it also uh, goes on to say in John chapter 1 that um, because the light came into the, the world and the darkness did not comprehend it. So, uh, it's, uh, it's not unusual that the world and society in general wouldn't be able to comprehend the light, wouldn't be able to comprehend the gospel. But then um, us as Christians, we're supposed to go into that darkness and we're supposed to be living examples. So um, going back to Lindy, this is Lindy today. So Lindy had fake news assassinate her character and pretty much uh, cast judgment on her, totally untrue judgment on her. And there's every reason for her to be bitter and resentful towards the media and the authorities of the Northern Territory. But as I looked more into her approach to life after the incident and until now, I'm fascinated by a woman that um, has chosen a different path, chosen to counter the fake news, not with shouting, not with resentment, not with um, hatefulness, but to counter it with the good news. This is from her website. It says that though others have suggested lawsuits against the Northern Territory and an apology should come from the Northern Territory, Lindy spoke only of forgiveness and moving on. She knows that learning to forgive is the only way she has traveled this journey without bitterness and without incurring the damage to her life the hurt and, ang the hurt and anger could inflict. She also knows that an apology given unwillingly is no apology at all. In the end, she has never given up on the only true form of freedom, the freedom of her mind. We're reminded in Romans chapter 12, verses 17 and 20, it says in the Bible that we should repay no evil for evil, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So in the Bible, we have many stories of how Bible characters actually responded to fake news about them. We can go back to look at Daniel in Daniel chapter 6, how he was framed by the salty, uh, by the jealous people around him to, to frame him as someone who doesn't want to follow the king's orders. And eventually he was thrown into the lion's den. But in the midst of the lion's den, 
he responded by sticking to the good news. He responded by, by, um, by sticking to what he's known all his life, that God is with him, even, um, even though he's going through um, the darkest times in his life. We can see this in the lives of Paul and Silas. As um, in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 40, it talks about how they went to a city, and as they went, there was, there was a young girl that was possessed by a demon. And the young girl would, um, would keep shouting and um, pretty much discrediting what they were trying to preach. And uh, so they used the power of God, power of Jesus, to cast out the demon in this uh, young woman. And after that, the owner, she, she was a slave girl, and when the, when the demon had left, the girl, um, the girl was no longer having that demonic power to be able to tell, um, tell things that were secret. Uh, it lost, the girl lost power to be, able to, to be able to make money for the owners. So the, the owners, in turn, turned on Paul and Silas. They made up uh, stories about them that they were against the people, and they were here to ruin the lifestyle of people. And of course, uh, it didn't take too much for the general public to jump onto that lie, and eventually, uh, Paul and Silas were put in prison. But when they were in prison, um, they countered all these fakeness and all these lies that people had for them by. Um, the Bible said that they were spending their time in singing and praising God. And I believe that is the essence of the good news, is that when we're going through tough times, even because of other people's lies and actions that, um, <clears throat> that are against us, we have a choice. We have a choice to either let those things affect us, let the fake news sink us, or we can turn around and embrace the good news of Jesus Christ. And we see that he himself gave us the ultimate example of how to respond to the fake news. All his life, especially in the years of his ministry, the leaders and the authorities, the media of the time, we can say, they were totally against him. They were spreading fake rumors, and they were even trying to collaborate with the government of the time, the Roman government, to get him killed. And eventually, they got it their way. It seems as though fake news prevailed. But as Jesus was hanging on the cross, as he was suffering the enorm enormous pressure from all of each one of our sins, he turned around and said, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And it takes focus and it takes uh, resilience to be able to say those sort of things in the, in the face of the hardest point in human history. <clears throat> but Jesus, as mentioned before, he stuck to his guns. And he stuck to the true good news that he himself came to reveal. And as mentioned before, he stuck to the um, mantra of John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have 
everlasting life. So dear friends, let's be part of the good news. Each one of us, you and me, are placed in different spheres of influence in our lives. There are people in your lives that I won't be able to reach. There are people in my life that you probably won't be able to reach. And that's fine. But God has asked you and me to be the good news, to be something different, to be the salt of this world, and to be the light in the darkness. In a world full of fake news, the good news will prevail. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord, Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for giving us the good news. And Lord, help us, Lord, to humble ourselves so that we may also be part of the good news, Lord. Please bless each one here and also those who are at home that all of us, Lord, may be part of this work for you. Pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.